So you went to China. Yeah. First of all, well, just explain what it was you went out there to do. What? Sorry? Just explain like what it was you went out there to do like in China. So, yeah. Uh, essentially, everything started um, in January yeah. of last year. And uh, I found this internship on, uh, on YouTube, actually. I was uh, searching online uh, how to do business uh, in China, how to make money in China and everything. Hmm. I found this uh, channel. It's called Enter China. I start contacting the founder of this channel yeah. and uh, I reach out to this person that saying, uh, hey, listen, uh, I can do some marketing. Uh, I'm willing to work for free, but at the moment I haven't got the money to support myself, so yeah. I cannot actually work for free. And uh, say it would be good if, uh, if we can work together, we can collaborate together in a certain way. I got uh, the answer for this guy after one week saying, okay, we can set up an interview. We set up the interview, I passed the interview, and then he offered me the job. Wow. So he said, okay, you can come to China on July 12th, and you start. Yeah. I started. Wow. Yeah, it was exciting. Like, uh, I started doing the internship, then uh, loads of things happened after, mm. loads. So what, I mean, when I first talked to you, when you were out there, obviously you were, there was like you were first settling in, what was it like, like, in China, like, compared to here, first of all? Like, culturally? Well, yeah. Everything. Yeah, uh, okay, the first thing that you notice as soon as you, your uh, plane land in China, you see, like, uh, the difference of the weather, first of all. Yeah. Because you can't, man, it's, it's, like, cold here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. In China, there were, like, 38 degrees. Humidity was... I get that you can like that I that you couldn't breathe. Mm. So that's the first thing. But then like culturally, like uh, people are different, are way different. Like when you have when you actually deal with Chinese businessmen, you actually realize how difficult it is. First of all for the language. Because mm -hmm. there is this language barrier. They don't speak a really good English. Yeah. Especially like in the central part of China. And uh, so or you speak a little bit of Chinese with I did. But I needed the help of a translator, and yeah. I found a friend of mine that she was willing to help me with, uh, with things for free. I just had to pay for like a dinner when we went uh, out with uh, the supplier. And uh, so languages, food, man. Okay, Italian Good food. Good or bad? Man. Uh, I, I, I like, people like Chinese food. Yeah. Like you can eat for very cheap price. Like you can have a proper meal for two or three pounds. Yeah. Like a full meal. But uh, it's not my thing, man. No. No. I mean, I got used to the food in UK. Yeah. I'm Italian, so, you know, it's a bit hard. Mm. But adapting to, like, Asian food, for yeah. me, it was different, like, difficult. Difficult. So, food, the language, and people, like, how, how they treat, like, you is different. Yeah. One thing that I found really interesting, actually, is uh, the way at... Uh, like Chinese people look at foreigners. Okay. Man, like uh, it was crazy because uh, they, it's like stand, staying with a foreigner, yeah. having a friend, like a friend that is a foreigner, it's like uh, they think they may increase the, their social status because we are different, mm. like uh, they see us as cool people. Mm. They always been trying to imitate us in a certain way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it happened to me to like go to a club or like go playing pool with friends. And uh, there were these people, like, uh, 
greeting us, like uh, cheering us, and ask us to join them. They pay us for drinks. Yeah. They pay us for food. It was great. I mean, these things never happened to me, mm -hmm. like in Italy or in the UK. Like they were just like greeting us. They wanted us to stay with them, chat mm -hmm. with them, and offer us like food. What about the work culture? Because I I, I had one experience from when I was working somewhere before and it, we all sort of found out they were, we were expecting the delivery of some, some clothes or whatever but because it was the Chinese New Year all the factories just broke for New Year and went on holiday for like three, four weeks Yes, like you know in, in the UK we're very or usually kind of strict to the nine to five but when I spoke to you you were, you were working beyond nine to five Man, like, uh, I started at nine, yeah, that's true, but, uh, like, there were days where I used to go to factories, mm -hmm. I used to quality control in, uh, I did quality control in Shenzhen, actually, and, uh, man, actually, I left home at eight o'clock, mm -hmm. I was living in Guangzhou, mm -hmm. so I took a car at eight o'clock from Guangzhou, yeah. I arrived in Shenzhen at uh, 9.30, something like that, and I stayed to that factory, controlling, like, it was a mass production of 10,000 toys, right? So we did like testing on 300 or 400 uh, toys where to check every like toy manually, like checking that everything was all right. We did the pulling test, mm -hmm. checking that the, like, they were like solid, yeah. you know? We did three different tests and we stayed there till like 10 o'clock uh, p.m., man. And that wasn't paid, like, you did. in China it doesn't exist extras. Right. Forget about that. So if you overwork it because like it's a sort of part of your contract, which is actually not like mm. it's not normal like for a UK person or Italy, yeah. Italia, you know. But yeah, it was fun. Like it was a really, really like forming experience. Man, seriously, I went there. I was twenty years old. Mm -hmm. I came back. I felt like thirty, man. Really? Yeah. What What do you think is the biggest thing you've learned from being out there? The biggest thing I learned. Yeah. Uh, that's a difficult question. That's a tough question. Yeah. But it's about. Uh, what that, what about what about what was challenging then? Man, it was challenging like dealing, uh, like uh, I worked for this uh, company. I, I did my internship for like one month and a half. Mm -hmm. Then I decided to go part time from full time because I was starting working on my own thing. Yeah. Uh, I had a blog. It's called Aspiring Entrepreneurs, and I was working on that. Plus, I was doing some uh, social medias for some companies there, yeah. which are and Weibo, mm. which are like similar to Facebook and uh, Twitter. And uh, plus, I was doing some uh, manufacturing for my dad. I was helping him doing products. So I get very busy. My biggest challenge was actually to deal with all of these things and, and was actually like speaking with suppliers. When I went to factories like and tried to make my own products, like the products for my dad, I said one thing, they understood another thing. <laughs> that you need to do the sample, right? And they send you one thing that is completely different from what you agreed to, you know, to do like, right. in the first place. So like uh, I had to learn about sales agreement. I had to learn about uh, like uh, all the manufacturing processes. Yeah. I need to learn loads of things before I actually, the process become like, uh, could flow, you know? Yeah. Before the process could flow. So that was the hardest thing. And then dealing with the Chinese businessmen is really hard. Because uh, 
Also, when you go to a factory, right, right. they always want to work for like a, a company that comes from abroad because, of course, they want to work, they want to earn money. Yeah. But they will say always yes. For example, you go to a company that does jackets, you ask them, oh, actually, can you, maybe, you, can you do also pants? They will say yes, just because, you know, they, work, they want to work with you yeah. and they want to earn money as well. But this doesn't actually mean that they can do the do products. So they will figure out a way out to do a product. But mm. since they're not professional, mm. the products will be shit and you will like lose money, yeah. you will lose time, yeah. you will lose clients because they, you have orders to fulfill like yeah. back to Europe. So you need like be aware of the Chinese yes. That's how they call it there, down yes. there. The Chinese yes. Be aware of the Chinese yes. Okay. They will say they can do something, but they actually cannot do something. But they do it because they want to work with you and uh, maybe because they like you. Yeah. Now, the, the aspiring entrepreneur stuff then, obviously you, you obviously were picking that up while you were out there. You know, how, how was that? Because juggling that as well alongside part, part-time, how, how have you found that? It was really, really hard. Like, really, really hard. I struggled a lot at the beginning. But then, thanks God, after two months, I dropped my internship and mm. I could start actually focusing on that. Yeah. Then I had a friend of mine that came from, um, he was studying in the University of Al. He came to Guangzhou to work as a teacher. Yeah. So we actually end up working on these things together. And uh, I mean, we created some good articles. We start working like constantly every day. But then uh, something else pop up, like I needed to finish the production for my dad, I had to like speak with the um, suppliers, I need to like uh, do some social medias mm. for uh, some marketing for other clients. I didn't have actually a lot of time, but uh, yeah, fitting everything like in one day mm. is really hard. It seems like one day is very long, but if you don't plan like actually your day properly from the day before, you find really hard to find the time. Yeah. Because we tend to waste too much time. Like sometimes we tend to, we tend to wake up, okay, we go to work. Okay, we have some spare time that we can use. Also right. like break, I don't know. We could actually do something. We could actually wake up in the morning at seven o'clock mm. and write an article, write a draft and then finish at night, you know. But if we don't plan this like properly the day before, right. it's impossible. Yeah. Like you need to set up your mind for that. And uh, start like getting into a routine, which you like, do stuff that you plan to do. Yeah. Otherwise, you will never end up doing that. It's too hard. You think it's impossible. Yeah. But it's just about planning that, I think. Because you have like a goal, don't you? Obviously, of of the, this this content, you know, uh, being valuable to to a lot of people. So there's obviously there's that desire there to keep churning it out. Yeah. It's also about doing research. Yeah. We both know, like, it's not just writing. No, you got to research. It's also about, like, doing research. Yeah. And, uh, like, essentially, what, what I was doing is, like, finding the articles, like, the best article for a certain topic. Right. And trying to find something, try to add value to what was already there, you know? Mm. Because sometimes you don't want to create your own thing from scratch. Yeah. Because sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you just have to see what is out there already and you need to improve that. You need to see what worked in the past yeah. and you need to add value to it so that people, people, they already like the thing, but if you add that thing, they will like it more, you know? Yeah. So that's what I was doing sometimes, and, but it's a lot of work because you need to research a lot, a lot, and it takes, it's time consuming, it's time consuming. My objective was, aspiring entrepreneurs is uh, 
like uh, I wanted to do th this website is about like uh, teaching people about entrepreneurship, uh, like uh, helping uh, artists, uh, helping uh, people with ideas to market their products. Since I'm passionate about uh, a market based service, since I'm passionate about marketing, and this is what I want to do in the future. I was thinking about putting out content related to marketing. Yeah. So that actually aspiring entrepreneurs or people they already have a business will end up reading my blog and they will end up say, uh, buying my service in the future. Mm -hmm. right? But uh, it's very difficult to do this when you don't have proof. You know? mm -hmm. I was working like that. I, was, uh, I found some clients. But some people want to see like the six... Um, you know, like uh, the money they've been made. They want to see like real, evidence. real proof, yeah. the evidence, right? I didn't have that many. So I think now what I'm going to do is like putting out content, like giving value to people, getting the, evi like, get the evidence, like the result that I, I've been having like from the, my past experience. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking long term and short term. My short term thing is like getting clients, like working and everything. My long-term view is uh, aspiring entrepreneurs. So, like, short-term, getting uh, the evidence. Long-term, improving aspiring entrepreneurs, so in that in two years, it can actually give money to yeah. me, like, through advertisement uh, and uh, through Google Ads, for mm -hmm. example, and, like, bringing new clients also. Yeah. So, like, the short-term, like, in essence, is getting your head down and kind of working, really? Yeah. Would, like, study 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 write an article a week on aspiring entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that's the plan make a video a week on aspiring entrepreneurs but meanwhile reaching people out i've been doing these things on linkedin i'm like sending messages to all my second first second and third connection yeah that have the title as a business owner mm -hmm. so i'm reaching them out sending like a messages saying a message saying uh uh, okay, I'm young marketers. That's what I can do. Yeah. Uh, I'm building up a team of young people, yeah. uh, young people willing to learn, that uh, want to help businesses to gain mm. new leads, get new clients, and everything. I'm actually setting up this uh, this team. Uh, I still need a designer or something like that. Yeah. I received one, one person wants to talk with me. Yeah. I'm gonna talk with this person on Monday. Yeah. At the business school, and we'll see how it goes. Man. That, that, that's the good thing about like, like LinkedIn, I think, now, is that you can replicate the same thing which on Instagram has become so popular with the DM. Like, I've, I've had LinkedIn for, for quite a while. Like, my mum pushed me to get LinkedIn right from like, coming out of school. So I've had it now for like five, six years. Yeah. And you, you know, it, it is your own literal, it's your digital CV, but an, it's an opportunity for you to obviously connect with with other people within, a huge within, within work. So you just, you take the whole DM initiative and replicate, replicate it there. So on LinkedIn, I think it's more effective because people see Instagram not as, um, okay, unless you're an influencer or you're a brand, so you're reaching out certain things that are like correlated to Instagram as a platform yeah. itself, it works well. You, you can't on LinkedIn get messaged by someone and not... And, and say, I'm not going to open it because I think that account's fake. Because, like, you don't it's, get that as much. Exactly. It's not, like, the idea of LinkedIn. Like, you don't see many fake accounts. No. LinkedIn is about professional. It's not about followers. It's not yeah. about that. It's about work. So if you actually receive a connection from someone, yeah. a, a very, like, a direct message to the person, like a very personalized message 
for that specific person. Yeah. People will never think that it's fake. No. I mean, for my messages on LinkedIn, I receive like an opening rate of 100%. Yeah. Really, every person that I send a message to open that message. Uh, I don't get like, not all of them answer me, but like uh, a good like 20% of the people answer me back mm. asking what do I do, yeah. how can I help them. So it's working quite well for me. I really recommend this to, to the viewers of this video and yeah. to the people that are listening the to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can also share some tools in the future. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, it's like one tool that I'm using. It's like an automatic tool. Uh, I don't remember the name, really. I'll let you know. Well, Maybe you can put a link. Yeah, I'll yeah. put a link in it. Yeah. yeah. Is um, essentially this tool that allows you to create this message, and it is personalized because you can put actually, say I, uh, graph uh, brackets, what? first name, yeah, and close the graphics, uh, the the graphs, yeah, and then you start writing the text, right? Okay. So the system is able to recognize the name of the person, is able to recognize the name of the person that is actually on LinkedIn, yeah. And it goes automatically for all like the second and third contacts, mm -hmm. right? So let's say I put this uh, computer on, like this software yeah. on. Pop up your name, right? So uh, Matt, Matt, uh, I Matt, yeah. and then the message, right? Okay, let's say it goes automatically to the second person. Yeah. If the pe second person name is Sophie, I Sophie, Sophie and it's the and same the, thing. And people will open those messages, like mm. are most likely to open those messages because it doesn't seem like fakes and robotics, you know? Yeah. It's more direct. So that's that, why it works actually. That's such a good algorithm because I mean the, the the most oldest example is when you're on the receiving end of like an email that's been sent out to like a group of fifty people, and weirdly enough, it's just your name and it's not yeah. the other forty nine. But you know, if you can if you, there's that there that you can use that for the social medias for trying to get out there and making connections send, send that to me like I want I really really want that yeah <laughs> definitely use that yeah. it's a, no it's a really good tool it's helping me yeah uh, hopefully I will get like the results that I hope to get yeah we'll see you on Monday yeah so the other thing as well, obviously, you kind of like you briefly touched on it, is that you're also a student as well. So how, <laughs> so like how how much managing are you doing? Like, is it all timetabled? Like you just have completely, is it all structured, or is it all sort of? Do you make it up as you go along? It's crazy because like I literally arrived just last Friday. Yeah, yeah, you just came back. I just came back from Asia, and uh, I registered for the final year on yeah. Friday. Yeah. Right. And uh, on Sunday, I went to an house party. Yeah. I found an old friend of mine. We work in a group together. Uh, she's doing my same models, yeah. service marketing. And she said, uh, oh, we're actually having a group. We have to do a presentation this Wednesday. It's worth the 10% of the model. I said, I'm going to join your group. We're going to meet on Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we're going to give the presentation. <laughs> we were there, man. We met on Monday. Yeah. We met on uh, Tuesday. And on Wednesday, we were there like doing the presentation. Mm. So actually, I came back on Friday. On Wednesday, I already gave my first assignment. But, yeah, it's like... Uh, I don't miss that. I don't miss that as no. a student, having to do that. But you know what? But, like, going to the library, meeting your friend, yeah. like, going out on the weekend, going to social, all that part, man, in China. I didn't really appreciate that stuff, like, last year. Yeah. But when I was in China, I, I was, like, 
looking forward to yeah. go back to that life because I saw how stressful it is. Like, like work, the working life is different from student life. Student life is, man, it's the best years of your life. I yeah, think, it like, is. You know? And uh, when you're actually like uh, far away from home and you're actually working more than uh, also sometimes 12 hours per day, you know, you actually mm -hmm. realize how good it is, yeah. like student life, and that you need to enjoy the tears of your life. I, I mean, like, I've, the, fullest. You, the institutions obviously highlight your academic side of thing, but like ev ev every student knows, right, you go, you go there to make friends, you go there to grow yeah. as a person like to come out to, 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 to come out of your shell if you're a shy person that was kind of like me I chucked myself into sports and, and the student media side of things and, and just got so much stuff out of it because you chuck yourself into different groups rather than sitting in your um, sitting like in your in your study room or, or whatever like yeah. hands down I lost a grade because um, I was enjoying myself so much with people, but like I knew that on a day-to-day -day life basis, you could use whatever skills I picked up from that more. Exactly. So like, no, what I want what I'm gonna do, no one's gonna, I cannot go. You know, what, hey, I can refer back to that dissertation I wrote on nuclear disarmament. You know, I mean, like it's great in my arsenal. It's gonna be great for like a, yeah. a conversation at some point. And then if, you know, if nuclear Armageddon doesn't strike, but... Yeah, man, like, the best things that happened to me, like, uh, I, I managed to close some sales for my dad. Yeah. Uh, I essentially opened, him, opened the market in Asia for him. Mm -hmm. I managed to do this connection just because I actually decided to go to China yeah. and do something different, you know? Like, uh, if I was living the student life, it was like... A, I was just like focusing on study, for example. Yeah. These are kind of things that doesn't happen to you. Like you cannot get some certain opportunities if you don't get out from your comfort zone, right. or if you don't do some, if you do something that you weren't meant to do. Like yeah, when you're in, like in in a university, I would say not focus just on studying. Okay. Like do yeah. like do more do stuff that that will bring way more results than your grades, you know, in the future. They will open more op doors, they will give you more, like, opportunities. Yeah. Don't focus just on your study, but also, like, make connection with people. Yeah, so, so if, if, let's say, for example, you're, you're studying some sort of finance, you know, yeah. go join the investment society. You know, you get, you get to learn some, some things. You're not going to just learn being in that module. You're going to get to meet people. Yeah. You, you, there might be an opportunity for you to open up. It's, it's the same thing like if, um, let, let's say you're, well, like, I'll choose my example. From, let's say like when you start, you want to do, be so involved with media in some capacity, join student media. So get writing get behind the mic, get, get behind the camera and just start doing things. Just start, just tr start trying to produce exactly. content. Don't, don't worry about how it sounds and how... Like, after your first article or your first podcast, if you don't listen back to that and <laughs> think, oh my God, that is the most cringiest thing I've ever heard, then you've, you've, you've been thinking far too much about it and done so much planning. Like, the amount... I remember the first time, actually, when we did and I did a podcast, and it was 
no, not not even the podcast. I think the time when I had to commentate on an American football game, yeah. the university American football game, and I had no one with me. I had no knowledge whatsoever mm-hmm. of American football. Really, I kind of picked up as I got along, and like I kind of grabbed someone from the side of the pitch and was like, "Mate, yeah. come here. We're just going to do this." And you know how long American football games are. Yeah. So this 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 thing is like four hours long. <laughs> And I think just when I got to the editing, I managed to get rid of, like, several hundred, uh, uh, yeah, um, and tried to make it yeah. sound as least, like, football commentary as possible, but... But you did it, like... Yeah. That's, that's what matter. like, sometimes also planning too much is, um, is not helping you. No. Sometimes planning too much... Yeah, the word... I, I read something uh, on The Idiot Brain, which is a book that I really recommend. Yeah. And uh, this this psycho like this doctor of the brain I don't know the name in English yeah. anyway he says that uh, when we overthink about something the brains automatically would think about all the negative aspects rather than the positive one. That's it. So when you start planning, uh, also when you start like planning on your business or on your or a, or a new idea that you want to do, like uh, if you overthink. All the negative aspects, all the negative scenarios will mm. pop up in your mind. Instead, if you just execute, I mean, I really recommend of just executing and then see how it goes. Because yeah. you will never know. Like, there could be new opportunities that will pop up, something that you didn't plan. Because uh, business is actually like taking risks. You cannot plan any, like everything on business. Mm. Like, you start and then uh, there is something that can pop up. So, you need to turn around you need to change your path yeah and then go back to your path again that that's it like i think you you hit it on the head like with overthinking when i stop doing something and this is i think for me this is the worst thing that's at the end of the day if i stop at the end of the day the overthinking creeps in and then yeah and then it tends to mixture of like self if i've started something it'll turn to self criticism if it's before start something, then you just that you get wrapped up in that worrying. The, the key thing I think to to like move past it is obviously just be like, whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen based on yeah. whatever you do. So, just let it. Totally agree. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so so what do you got coming up then? What what are your plans sort of move forward? My up. <laughs> My plan now. Moment, momentary like temporary tripod. <laughs> what do you think? Working. Yeah, it is working. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, planning to do now. Uh, my priority now is to finish my degree. Yeah. Like, uh, initially, I wanted to do, like, a gap year, mm-hmm. stay in China for the year, like, uh, trying to open a business, making some money. But then I, I saw it, as, like, as a way to escape from the reality. I needed to finish the degree anyway. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't change anything if uh, I would have come back now rather mm. than, like, in one year. Or it could have been even worse in one year, you know, because uh, it could actually end up that I had a business and uh, yeah. I really wanted to finish this thing because uh, I studied for two years, so I really wanted to finish it. Mm. So the plan now is to finish my degree, but at the same time, I'm going to go back and forth to China to, like, uh, speak with people that I met there, like, keeping some connections, like, uh, building new connections as well. Yeah. So that's the plan. I'm going on the 28th or 30th 
of uh, October, going back yeah. for a week, and then came back here because uh, assignments mm. are waiting for me, you know. <laughs> that life, yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be fun. Like, Shit, man. I hope it goes well. I think it will go well, man. I'm <laughs> always positive. Like, I always tend to see at the positive thing. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm always sure it's going well. Well, it's not going well, well. I've just been too positive, but sometimes. You're one of a kind, though, in the fact that you're going to be going, like, one minute you're going to be here in Hull, and then you're going to be in China the next. Yeah, that's what is going to happen this month, actually. But, like, if you actually can afford to do this life, yeah. like, uh, if, uh, if you create your own reality in China, mm -hmm. and you create your own, like, uh, way to make kind of a profit that you can afford, like, going back and forth, yeah. like, it's really worth it. Because yeah. also one week down there will, like, open your mind, like, that. Mm. Like, you see point of view that you didn't, uh, like, seems possible if you just live in the UK or if you just stay in the UK for too long yeah. or Italy is the same thing mm. if you stay in a place for too long instead like uh, going back and forth like I think speed up the process of personal growth yeah. way like faster yeah that's going to be a huge experience mm. sweet yeah Raman cool sweet bro thank you to having you in your podcast yeah no in worries the, this video as well and go follow him what are you on? You're on everything, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram uh, as uh, Marcello Di Piero, or you can uh, go to my website, www.aspiring, slash in the middle, I don't know what to call it, uh, entrepreneurs.com. I'll chuck in the links. Yeah, we'll thank put you. In there.